I V M. Hello, welcome, and Khushamadeed. You're listening to the Note with me, Maharo Khanayat. It has been 13 years since the former Prime Minister of Pakistan, Benazir Bhutto, was assassinated while she was on an election rally. There's a fascinating account and fascinating according to me because uh, the circumstances under which I met Benazir Bhutto, the year of her assassination, are quite remarkable for uh, a young journalist at that point. That was me. It was September of 2007 and uh, Nawaz Sharif, another former Prime Minister of Pakistan, was ending his self-exile in London and returning to Pakistan. I was a news editor with Times Now and my editor-in-chief, Annab Goswami, told me that I would have to go to Dubai to try and get a reaction from Benazir Bhutto because we were planning a multi-country coverage of Nawaz Sharif's return to Pakistan. Back in those days, there was unimaginable interest in what was going on in Pakistan because it directly impacted India. I thought the opportunity was fantastic. I didn't do much prep. I just thought that I'm going to land in Dubai and go to her residence or her office if she had one there and plonk myself there and wait for her and maybe get a reaction from her. That was my great plan. I tried to find out if there were any numbers of her secretaries and so on, but uh, I couldn't get one till I landed in Dubai. In those days, Reuters, uh, which is um, a news agency and which was in partnership at Times Now at that point, had an office in Dubai and I went and met the local editor, the bureau chief there, and to try and figure out how I could get this interview with Benazir Bhutto. And she told me that it's next to impossible because most of her interviews are planned uh, by her secretary who's in Pakistan and she's not giving any interviews to begin with. And secondly, it's going to take 10 to 15 days. Now, my timeline was three days. I had been sent literally for three days to try and get Benazir Bhutto's reaction. And when I was there, when I heard this, I realized the Herculean task that was in front of me. And I had been so excited at the prospect of meeting her uh, that I simply did not think of how I was going to get this done. Uh, that's lesson number one, uh, journalism for dummies, I'm guessing. So I said, what am I going to do? And thanks to my friend Vishal, uh, who uh, got me the number of Fahim Sahab, who was the person in Pakistan, who was probably the only entity who could get Benazir Bhutto's interview or give me a time slot for the interview. So I called him, I called him again in my best chaste Urdu as I could. I told him, Janab, uh, I interview chahiye Benazir Bhutto Sahiba ka. And he said, absolutely not, bilkul nahi. Das din tak to aapko koi aise interview nahi mil sakta. You have to give context, you have to send me an email, we'll think about it. Pretty much dashing all my hopes and I knew that this is a long drawn out process and it's not going to happen. So I said, okay, next thing, I'm going to stake out outside her house. Now, Benazir Bhutto lives, used to live in one of the most high-profile areas in Dubai, this area called Emerald Isles, which is a gated community, obviously CCTV cameras everywhere. And here I am, almost like a rookie journalist, trying to do a stakeout outside her house. And I stood there and I said, okay, if I'm not going to be able to go out, I asked her gatekeeper, can I go in? They said, absolutely not. There was invisible security around her house is what I'm assuming. And then I decided to do a piece to camera 
outside her house. And as I was doing that piece to camera, these guys, uh, the watchmen or the security guards with lathis in their hand, came after me and chased my videographer and me out of there. And I was, I, I was just completely heartbroken. This was day two. And I said, uh, this is not going to work out. And I spoke to my editor and I said, boss, I think this is not working out and I'm not going to get her reaction. His response was, your job is on the line. You make sure that you get Benazir's reaction for me. And thereon pile up the pressure. I didn't know how to do this. So out of desperation, I had her local number, which I had got from my source. So I kept calling her local number. And there was this lady that kept answering and saying, Ms. Bhutto is not home. Then after some time, after a gap of an hour, I decided to, this was day two of my being in Dubai. And I had another day and then I had to leave back for India. So the second day, I called up that landline number again. The same lady answered. And I changed my voice. And I said, is Benazir there? And the lady said, no, she's not at home. Uh, and she asked, who's calling? And the first name that came to me was my mother's, Shireen. So I said, this is Shireen calling. And tell Benazir to call me back. And I gave my number, my local number, which was my Dubai number at that time. So she said, all right. And then I said, this is also not going to work. And then I just decided to go out to the only thing that one does in Dubai, which is I said, at least let me do some retail therapy because nothing else seems to be working. So I went to the mall and I was walking around with my camera person with me. And uh, suddenly the phone rang. So I picked up and there was this lady on the other side and she said, hello, Shireen. I'd completely forgotten about the phone call I had made earlier in the day. So I said, no, this is Shireen's daughter, Maharoch, because I'm thinking the lady is asking for my mother. And uh, the lady, the voice on the other side said, well, the Shireen I know doesn't have a daughter by that name. And it suddenly hit me that this was Benazir Bhutto's voice. And I said, is that Miss Bhutto? She said, yes, who is this? And I gave my whole sob story and I said, I'm, my name is Maharoch and I'm here. I've been asked to take your interview and I'm desperate. And I called and I just gave my mother's name because I didn't know what else to do. And she said, you know, Maharoch, I love your ingenuity. Why don't you come tomorrow and I will give you an interview? And I remember that moment I started jumping up and down in the middle of that mall because I just couldn't believe what had happened to me. Went back to the hotel. I called up Arnab. I told him he was ecstatic. They got all the, uh, you know, you had to book a satellite feed to ensure that the interview comes into India at the right time. I was only, um, I had one camera unit with me, but we made sure that we had two cameras just to make sure that it looked even grander. And I was nervous the whole night. I barely slept. And next day, promptly at quarter to nine, she'd call me at nine o'clock. I was there at her residence. And uh, this time the security guards looked at me and they allowed me in. And I remember as I was walking in, a very young a teenager, Bilawal, was there. And I walked past him and I went in. I sat down and I told my camera persons to set up the, uh, you know, the entire setup for the interview. And as I'm sitting there, she walked down wearing this black cape and uh, looking absolutely resplendent. And I introduced myself and she said, you are uh, very naughty, I must say. So I said, thank you so much for giving me the time. And she said, what are these cameras doing here? So I said, it is a TV interview. 
she said no 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 i thought this is going to be a print interview i've been told categorically that i cannot give television interviews and my heart just sank i said this is going to be a disaster probably she saw my face completely broken and she said okay maharoh i'm going to allow you this one more concession quickly let's do this interview because i have to go for my visa and she had an interview at the visa office so we sat down and the interview lasted for about 12 minutes but she was so gracious and when i saw my my questions and the way i was asking i looked like a child taking that interview but her graciousness was uh, was tremendous and even now when i think of it you know it it gets me that she was so kind to you know allow this rookie journalist to to take her interview but the story doesn't end there uh, this was in september and by december benazir bhutto was also planning her return to uh, pakistan i remember i was in the newsroom on 27 december and around 6 pm which was the bulletin i was anchoring that day i was going into the uh, studio when i saw some news coming from one of the pakistani feeds and it said uh, there had been an explosion i read uh, read it in urdu as one of their breaking news stickers which said that there'd been an explosion at a benazir bhutto rally so i told my team i said we're going to focus on that so i started the bulletin and within 5 minutes the news came that she had been uh, assassinated and for me the the images of what had uh, transpired earlier in the year just came flashing back and i sent uh, a silent prayer for benazir bhutto for the remarkable woman that she was i know that politically uh, she made way too many mistakes but just as a as a gracious woman who took time out for a young journalist is something i will never forget If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at the rate IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm Mahrukh Inayat on Twitter and Mahrukh Inayat on Instagram as well.